Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 8. I'm your host, Killian Vigna, and today I'm joined by Zoe Belil Springer. Welcome to our final Forest FM episode of 2016. In this episode, we'll go through this week's blogs, starting off with how to add fizz to your marketing with a festive salon drinks menu, followed by how to go about grooming policies in your salon or spa. This week's special guest is a pre-recorded interview with our search engine optimization experts, Wolfgang Digital, and they'll be giving out some tips and tricks to get you ranked higher on Google. Finally, we'll have a special Christmas sign-off from our Forest Salon software CEO, Ronan Percival. This podcast is produced every Monday morning for your enjoyment with a cup of coffee on your day off. Now, let's get into the show. So, Zoe, we've seen it, especially coming up to the Christmas. I was in a hairdresser's there last week myself, yeah. and... You get that usual offer of, do you want tea or coffee, yeah? Yeah, Well, definitely. that week, my mind was blowing. And, like, it happened, it was the same barbers I went to that I talked about before where they did it. Mm-hmm. They offered me a bottle of beer. Oh, did you? Yeah. That now, was pretty cool. I yeah. thought this was brilliant. I thought it was great. <laughs> and instantly, I was I came back to the office and I was going, why isn't everyone doing this? Why isn't everyone offering you a glass of wine or a Prosecco or a bottle of beer? But there's a reason for that. Like, um, so... Technically, if you do sell alcohol or just offer alcohol as part of, of a treatment, um, you do need a license to, to do that. So um, just like a bar, you do need a special license. Yeah, you do need a special license. Um, there is different types of licenses. Uh, so for instance, if like sometimes um, if you're hosting an event, it'll be like just a license for those days that you're hosting an event kind of thing. So they're almost so, like time-stamped licenses. Yeah, so the thing, with, the thing is with licenses um, is that global law, right, stays the same. It's illegal to sell or give alcohol without a license, okay. technically. That's just general, that's Generally across sp- everyone, across not just pretty much, Yeah, across, okay. across pretty much every uh, country. Now, depending on where you live, and depending, like if you're in the US, the licenses will change from state to state. If you're in the UK, you might need two licenses. They're not really... Two licenses? Yeah, there's, um, there's actually a blog on the National Hairdressers Federation um, that talks about uh, the, the licenses in the UK. But even then, they can't really tell you what license you're actually going to get because it differs from place to place. You really have to talk to your city council or whoever in your region takes care of that kind of stuff. So it's not a case of have a quick search online, am I eligible for one? You actually have to get into yeah, contact the, with... Well, the best the best thing to do is to get into contact with them because then you're for sure um, guaranteed you're allowed to do what you're doing and everybody can benefit from it. It's like your clients are going to have a great experience and you're obviously going to get the repercussions from it and it's just going to be good for your branding and yeah. customer service experience kind of thing. So... You've identified who you go to to get your license. You've got your license sorted. Now, what is the deal with um, serving times? Are, do salons have serving times? Can they not serve drink after 12? You know, like just like a pub or an off-license store in Ireland. Yeah, it's time-restricted. Well, 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 I mean, technically, think about it. Like, if, if you're serving alcohol as part of your treatment, uh, like the beer that they offered you, um, they're pretty much only going to serve it in their business hours, right? Yeah. So if they've opted for beer on their menu, then most likely it's going to be maybe starting at noon or something. But that's something you decide, right? Yeah. Uh, common sense kind of thing, depending on what kind of drink you're serving. Do you really want to offer someone beer at 9 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> exactly. Um, on the other hand, I had that kind of experience in Canada, and um, I walked in. It was, a, oh, it was a snowy morning. I hated my life. It was just so cold. <laughs> All right, Zoe. <laughs> and, no, but it was just so cold. Walked in, and my hairdresser was like, 
we're having a Christmas special. Do you want Bailey's uh, in your coffee? And I was like, oh, that's oh, tasty. I won't say no to that. And, you know, it just made me smile automatically. And it yeah. was just like, oh, well, maybe the snowstorm isn't that bad in the end. Like, it's fine. So I suppose um, kind of so, yeah, think you about just it. Think is about, it a hot whiskey, a hot coffee, yeah, something like, like that? Like, do you want to serve mulled wine? Do you want to serve Prosecco? Prosecco, you probably won't serve in the morning at 9 a.m. either. Like, it just really depends on what kind of menu you're going for. If you're not sure how to go about, you know, I don't know, like people in bars know how to do drinks menus because that's their job. But yeah. you're obviously not a specialist in that area. So one thing you can do is partner up with whoever's local to you and then it'll kind of decide what kind of menu you're going for. So if you partner up with a local wine merchant, then your menu is probably going to be served around, you know, uh, I don't know, from four to five o'clock or something, right? Yeah. That's just hit me. That sounds class. Like if you, a local cocktail bar, it's just yeah, like instantly, everyone like loves cocktails. So you just go in, you get a, like a keg of pre-mixed uh, cocktails from a local bar yeah. or someone like that. That'd be unreal. <laughs> so you don't so just, have to have uh, someone hired in your corner yeah, with a exactly. little cocktail bar. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's that's the whole idea behind it. You don't want to add time and effort to your side yeah. of the things. But then when you partner up with someone, it's easy to cross-promote each other. So they'll send clients over to you, but you're obviously promoting their brand by having their product in your salon. Exactly. Maybe to have a little chalkboard to say, uh, presented to you by such yeah, and such. something like that. There was um, Alex that you heard on last uh, last episode of the Forest FM was telling me yesterday that she went into a salon and they kind of had like a cooler stamped, like branded with the name of the partner uh, that was offering the, the, the alcoholic beverages. So That's a really good know. idea. Or you could flip and go the whole complete opposite spectrum because just when we were prepping for this webinar, someone dropped it into our Slack. There's actually a bar that's just opened around the corner from us that now has a barber seat in the bar. <laughs> so you can get your uh, pint of Guinness and your short back and sides all in one. So there's the other spectrum of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this blog basically just talks about how to get well prepared for it. If you want, if there's something you want to do, you know, have a discussion um, with your city council, maybe go for your insurance and see what kind of liability you have there. Because there's insurance as well, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. So like, what do you have to prepare for that? Um, and when you apply for your license, make sure you have all the documents in hand because they might do background checks and stuff. Like mm. it just depends on where you're from exactly and where you're trying to push this promotion out. But yeah, yeah it's some, definitely something to try out. It does put a smile on people's face. It works 100% of the time. <laughs> you, uh, in Canada, wet and cold, put a smile on your face. <laughs> Me, going to a new barber, getting offered a beer for the first time. All of a sudden, it's like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. I just finished work, so it was perfect too. But uh, just on that whole getting your licenses and documents and stuff together, then that kind of brings us over to a topic we've talked about before, our yep. SOP, and that was from special guest blogger Valerie Delforge. Indeed, So yes. Valerie has been kind enough to do, us, I suppose, a section of SOP that salon yeah. owners can use. Yeah, definitely. She So she explains in her blog, it's, it's about grooming policies, right? So um, for any kind of hairdressing salon, you might not feel very appealed to this because you might not have uniforms or anything in your salon. Yep. However... Um, she also talks about tattoos and piercings and just general appearance. So even mm -hmm. if you don't have uh, a uniform, this section of your SOP manual can be applicable to pretty much any business in our industry, right? So um, she basically explains how to 
go about creating this procedure. So you, you write it down. What are you going to be flexible? Or do you want a uniform? Uh, do you want to be more traditional? Do you want uh, people to be in all black? Do you want hair slicked back or mm. tied up? It's just defining what's your brand image, and then from there, what do you want to project to people, and just go about that, and then set up your image of your employee kind of thing. Yeah, so your staff need to, I suppose, reflect your salon, reflect yeah. your brand as long as they're there. And these are just putting guidelines in place that they agree with. So it's not necessarily saying you can't have piercings or you can't have tattoos. It's if you have, then you do this. Yeah, kind of. And it's just about deciding, like, you don't want to... Um, you don't want to discriminate anyone you have employed or are going to employ. You don't want to limit their creative flair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, um, she was also saying uh, about this that the best way to, to start talking about your grooming policies is in the interview process yeah. to begin with. Because if you have it in your head and it's right, it's written down in your, in your manual and you have a, a place to, at the bottom for the employee to sign on it, mm -hmm. um, then in the interview, you're making kind of like a, a verbal contract and then you're making that person sign, okay, I agree to, you know, respect the fact that uh, you don't want any tattoos on show or uh, maybe my nose ring, I can't wear that uh, when I'm in or some, like any kind of rules that you want to put in, that's basically written down, given out to the employee, you have a verbal contract and a written down one and then you know you have a resource if and if anything happens a, a, afterwards mm. so if the employee i don't know comes back he's she's well aware that the nose ring is a no go comes back every week with the nose ring like after three strikes he can actually do something because she was aware of it and she signed a contract it was an agreement in the first place yeah yeah whereas if you don't have it then it's kind of hard to do anything uh, legally speaking yeah. you know the the person can just be like well I never agreed to that. Yeah. And I suppose, like, just to emphasize, this blog isn't about procedures you have to put in place for how your staff look at that. Because we actually encourage you to let your staff, I suppose, kind of yeah. be creative and be themselves and stuff like that. Because that's what makes them good. But there is then the topic for certain, uh, I suppose, like some beauticians where they like that uniform look. Yeah, so, it's, it's very much more of a traditional environment. Yeah, so, and the thing that they would like to do is, I suppose, to budget in. So in the initial contract, mm -hmm. who's responsible for the uniform? Yeah, so, so there's different ways you can go about this, right? You can, um, you can offer to give the first, uh, like just one set of uniform or maybe two if you can afford it. And then if it's misused or gets damaged in some way, then mm -hmm. the employee has to pay to replace it. You can also um, make the employee pay for the uniform as part of, you know, coming into yep. your salon. Or you can, and another third option would be to um, give them the uniform for free, but then when they leave... They, they have, have to, to return. hand it back in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have to return it. And they're all fair as well. And again, once they're put in the procedures document, people sign it. Because at the same time, if you have to wear a uniform, you have to respect your uniform. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what field of what career it's you're in. It's not just the uniform. It's it's respecting the brand image. The brand, yeah. yeah. Like people are coming in. You're the professional. They see this lovely brand. They see all these uniformed yeah. staff members. It shows off that kind yeah. of level of expertise right there. Um, actually, Valerie mentioned a quick tip to know how your clients are perceiving you. Mm -hmm. She was telling, hire some mystery shopper for a day. Great um, idea. Your employees don't know who that person is, nor mm -hmm. when they're coming in. 
and then the mystery shopper can give you some amazing feedback on loads of things and it's not the only subject you can apply it to like it's you can apply it to loads of things that mystery shopper is a great example because yeah it's making sure everyone it looks like everyone's in line with the brand yeah. but you can also check check down for customer service and yeah. kind of skills how to are welcomed everything like anything you want to identify in your salon mystery shopper exactly so that was a great tip from uh, from her part and um she, so she she really goes in detail about the whole creating pr the procedure um how to go about it if for example that that employee was aware that they couldn't do this or this and uh, then you can come back with um oh, fuck again it's <laughs> it's identified a procedure at the start so from when you first hired a your new team member identify the procedure in place and it's not a case of you can't do this it's well if you have a tattoo or if you have a piercing or if you're going to dye your hair like a rainbow color here are things that you might need to do exactly to yeah. keep in touch with the brand pretty much yeah. yeah so we're not giving out and we're not um i suppose restriction restricting how people appear no, but we're just putting just, procedures in place yeah, and exactly. things need to be done because if an argument uh if an argument breaks out a couple of months down the line, like Zoe just said, at least you can backtrack and go, well, actually, you signed this and mm -hmm. agreed with it. And, you know, if you're implementing this at the beginning in the interview process, like, that's the best place to know if they're on board with your policies or not. You don't want to know that a, a year down the line, you know? Yeah, exactly. So last week we had our own SEO experts, Wolfgang Digital, come in to us and we thought, well, this is a perfect time. If they're in here in the building, we'll capture them and record something for salon owners. Yeah, so salon websites and such. Salon websites. So <laughs> what is SEO? You're probably thinking SEO, search engine optimization. In a nutshell, it's how you get ranked on Google. So if you go to search um, salon in Dublin, the first 10 results that appear on the website your goal in terms of SEO is to be one of those front page results. Yeah, exactly. So we had Luke come in from Wolfgang Digital and we recorded a nice interview with Connor Keppel earlier. It's Connor here from the marketing team in Forest. And I'm joined by Luke uh, from Wolfgang Digital. Um, so today, we're going to get into a few minutes, but we're going to be talking a lot about websites and how to rank better on Google. Luke, do you want to give a little bit of background about Wolfgang Digital? So just to give you guys background, we know Luke because he basically helps Forrest out and helps us rank better and helps us with our online marketing. So do you want to say a little bit yeah, about yeah, Wolfgang? Absolutely, not to plug the company too much, but we're, we're Ireland's leading uh, digital marketing agency. We're also Europe's leading digital marketing agency. We've won a couple of awards this year and we've also won an award in, in New York, the Landy's Awards. Oh, right. Congratulations. The world's best digital marketing <laughs> agency for this year, which is a pretty good feat. Um, so basically what we do is we, we do SEO, we do Google AdWords, and we do paid social media marketing to drive traffic to our clients' websites effectively. Um, so yeah, Connor's brought us in today to talk a little bit about SEO and how you guys can help it with your own small salon websites. Cool, cool. So um, a, a question we get asked a lot, and I have actually one particular person asked me this last week, and that was Sinead from Precious Hair and Beauty in Dublin about how can I rank better on Google? So this is a question that we get asked a lot. Um, it's quite a complicated topic, uh, there's lots of different factors to it, but there are some kind of more basic aspects that can really help better on Google. So we're going to jump right in now, if that's okay, Luke, and we'll ask you a few questions. So starting from the very start, uh, say I'm a salon owner like Sinead, mm -hmm. um, small budget, and I want to go out and basically you know, get a website that I think will 
be Google friendly? Like, is, is there kind of a couple of things that I need to really look out for for a small business website? Yeah, absolutely. There are a number of things. Like, well, there's over two hundred different elements, two hundred okay. ranking factors that Google sort of sucks in as part of the, the algorithm. They have a very in depth, intricate algorithm that they sort of grade websites yeah. using. So that's kind of like what Google's automated way of, of finding out all these different factors. Yeah. And where should I rank this website based upon a search? Basically? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So they've got two hundred different things that wow. they look at and to determine how to rank one website over yeah. another website. So there's a couple of things. Some are more important than others okay. out of those 200 factors. So a couple of the things up the top of the scale would be content, backlinks to your website, your social media signals, and your technical on-page structure. Okay. So if you're a small business, if you're a small business starting out with a small budget, I'd look at the on-page. It's very important to get your on-page SEO optimization in place. Okay. Things like title tags, meta descriptions. So they're effectively a tag on your page which tells the user and search engines what that web page is about. Okay. And then underneath your, ta your title, okay. you've got a description. So it's a basically 156 characters. to It's your shop window, effectively, in Google Search. Okay. Making sure that, that that piece of description is unique, tells you tells users why they should click on your web result versus your competitors, and puts in a little call to action. So it entices clicks from the search results. Okay. So that, that might always be visible on the page itself, though. Would it that that title underneath? Or the is it title would be. That would be yeah. in your tab on the top okay. of your browser there. The, okay. the description is only visible either in your source code or in the search engine results. Okay, so basically if you're a salon owner then you're getting a website developed, yeah. they need to like, you need to be asking these questions of whoever's developing the Absolutely. website. Have you got like, you know, is my, like, the, uh, sorry, not the title, the title, what was the second one? The, the description, description yeah. yeah. you know, is my description right? What does it say? Yeah. It, like all of that kind and of thing. And there's free tools, like so a lot, of, a lot of websites are built using WordPress, probably yeah. the most common CMS out sure. there for small businesses. So there's a tool called Yoast, which okay. I recommend everyone install. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you can literally just you can edit your own titles and descriptions in there. So that's that's looking after a lot of your on-page SEO at, at a high level. Okay, so a lot a lot of um, websites that I look at in terms of like selling websites, they get we'll say they very rarely probably launch their own website to get someone to develop it for them, as most yeah. of us do. Uh, and some of this stuff is okay in terms of it's, it's in place, like their their descriptions and so on. But uh, mobile, a lot of them, yeah. when when I look at them on mobile, I'm just like, whoa, pinching Absolutely. and pinching and scrolling, and I'm all over the place. Yeah. How important is that for Google? Well, especially in, in Google Ireland, it's 65% of, of users, everyone whips out their phone. 65% of all traffic is on a mobile device now. Wow. I think it's even higher in the US. I think it's up to 69, 70% in the US. Wow, okay. So you've got to be mobile first. The algorithm, Google, everyone, even users, yourself and myself, yeah. would use our mobile device. 70 plus times a day yeah. versus our desktop it's 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 a multiple times more you're on a mobile device than on a yeah. desktop so you've got to be found you've got to be visible you've got to be prominent on mobile so building your website for mobile users making sure that there's a, there's a tool you can use google uh, mobile friendly test just stick okay. it into google you get the mobile friendly so just test google mobile friendly exactly, test and yeah. test your website and you can put in your domain and it will give you a score out of 100 on how user friendly okay. and, and mobile friendly your website is okay that's free again so there's another quick one as well isn't there like you can basically if, if you drag your cursor over to the side of your browser and yeah. just pull in your browser and if it's not kind of squashing and fitting into the window yeah that's kind of a very quick test it's yeah, absolutely yeah because if it's not moving then it's not mobile optimized, it's just, yeah, you're just kind of covering the text. That's it, or else, yeah, whip out your mobile and stick in your <laughs> That's probably the easiest. savvy way to do it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. But again, like things like page speed, like we, we see Google, like everyone's more impatient now on a mobile device. 
Okay. If your page isn't fast to load, then people are going to go to a competitor's site. So it's all relative to page speed. Making sure, again, another Google free tool, the Google Page Speed tool. Okay. So you stick in your domain and it gives you a score out of 100. And it doesn't just throw you a score and tell you to go away. It gives you a set of actual re recommendations whereby you can actually work with your developer team to improve the page load speed of your website. So quicker is best going into 2017. Okay, cool. So uh, th things like, for instance, we helped them. Um with Salon through basically uh, help them share before and afters onto social media, okay? Another thing to do as well is, is your online booking. So just for those of you who are wondering, our online booking is mobile optimized. Yeah. Uh, so even if your website is not opti mobile optimized, if you click on online booking, that particular widget is optimized. Um, but in terms of social media, so like does updating your Facebook regularly actually help your Google rankings? It does, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's a freshness signal. So Google has, a, they have a patent on freshness. So it's okay. an actual thing that they use to determine what websites, what companies, what, what, what web entities are fresh and, and topical and current in their related niche. So if you're continuously banging out fresh content, relevant content, getting likes, getting shares, getting engagement on your social media, yeah. and your social media in turn links back to your website, and your website has all your social signals, your, your social profiles linking from a section on your website, yeah, they're, linked they're, inter they're inter interchanged. And the algorithm now is smart enough and it has so it has ranking signals up there in the top five most okay. important parts. Social media is one of the top five things when it comes to SEO. Wow. Okay. I'd also recommend don't neglect Google, uh, Google Plus as a social platform. Yeah. Also, Google My Business. You can effectively get free advertising through Google My Business. So if you search for your salon brand name, on the right-hand side, you'll see a section called the Knowledge Panel. Okay. Uh, this is free. It's, it's free to set up, and you can put in images of your gallery. You can put in your, your, your business opening hours. Uh, you can get Google reviews, which are very important for for self-referencing. You want people who have used your business before yeah. to to see five-star reviews. If your sources are good, yeah. there's all a knock-on effect, and it brings more business. So Google My Business and Google My Plus as a, Google Plus as a social network okay. are, are huge. So I think the moral, the moral of the story that really is that when you're looking at how your website ranks in Google, you have to look far beyond your website. Absolutely. So yeah. there's on-page and off-page signals. So we touched upon on-page a lot there with the yeah. data elements and the technical using words on your website. Keywords yeah. are still important. Yeah. But also off-page is very important. So backlinks, getting links from local local businesses or yeah. local directories or local yeah. people who might be talking. If, you're, if you've got a good news story, getting a link in an article from a press yeah. a press publication is really good. It's, it's, it's a section of off-page SEO, which cool. helps, again, links and content are two yeah. of the most important ranking factors, again. So just before we finish up, I, the one thing is like, it's, it's the question we get asked is how do I rank better on Google, but the question I always ask is for what? So if you're a local hair salon looking for a search term, there's not, yeah. I would argue, correct me if I'm wrong, there isn't much point in me being Ranking number one for hair salon New York. Well, mm -hmm. maybe that would be a good thing. But I mean, hair salon Ireland. Yeah. You're a localized business, so Absolutely. like, how do I know if, if a developer says to me, right? Because they, they won't know the hair beauty industry. Yeah. Um, and if I'm a salon owner and a developer says, what you know, what keywords should we focus on? Yeah. How's a salon owner or, or me, for instance, to find that out? Well, what do you think? What, yeah, you can use there? again another free tool, the Google Keyword Planner. Yeah. You can put in the, your keywords, your list of main keywords, and you can get localized localized relevance. So yeah. it's not rocket science really, keyword research, as long as you can, if, let's say for example you're based in Dublin too, or if you're yeah. based in New Jersey, you want to have beauty salon New Jersey or a, a certain element, that's the Cranford say for yeah. example in New Jersey, so if you're using that, the, the word Cranford in your media titles, yeah. media descriptions and drop sprinkle throughout your content, okay. then there's relevance there. So, also, so what you want to do is you want to pick a key term, bigger isn't always better, it's, it's so, a, for a localised business a local term is probably better like, 
hair salon Dublin too yeah. and then try and like focus on that more so than trying to be like ranked number one for hair salon so absolutely because it's actually less competitive right I have better chance probably yeah. of ranking the more localised I make it and the traffic then is more relevant if yeah. you're searching for hair salon Dublin too that's it you got to start close to home so you got to be the best salon the best most findable salon in your local region yeah. that's what gets bums on seats that's what gets bookings sure. online bookings again you got to yeah. have online booking functionality through yeah. your website yeah if you're not visible within your local region, then people yeah. in your local area aren't going to be. Yeah. People aren't going to be traveling from across the country just to get their yeah. their nails done when there's yeah. fifteen other salons around them. So control your local market first, and then you can look to nationalize. Yeah, great. And just one other thing as well on online booking, we find is, um, you know, if you're not whoever your software provider is, make sure that it's integrated with your software because sometimes what we find is online bookings are. Like an email tool, so yeah. people will fill in a form and send it, and they naturally assume the booking has been made. Yeah. When all of these email comes in, salmon comes to the next one, goes, "Oh God, this is a double booking," and they're ringing back. Yeah. So the advice I would give to salmoners on online booking is make sure it's actually integrated with your appointments. Absolutely. So there's no double booking because nobody wants to make a booking and then be told the next morning there's a double booking. It's, it's bad service. So make sure that, um, guys, if if you're whoever your software provider is, make sure it fully integrates with your appointment book. Yeah, so, you've got to have end to end tracking. So from you've got to be able to have visibility from when a user visits your website until they leave your website, hopefully happy with a booking, yeah. and a single booking. Yeah. Brilliant. Look, listen. Thank you so much for coming in. And do that. Yeah. Uh, been, uh, uh, there's a lot of knowledge there. Uh, but we're going to do a blog post around this as well in the Forest blog, and we'll we'll take more content on that. So thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, that little interview with uh, Connor and Luke. Before we head off to the, the sign-off with Ronan, we have a few announcements uh, for Forrest. So the Forrest blog is actually going audio. Same way you follow Forrest FM, you'll be able to follow the Forrest blog. Um, and the, there's also going to be that little link in there at the top of every blog so you can listen to it if you don't want to read it. You just kind of clicked on the, on the article and then uh, change your mind, want to listen to it, it's there. And for anyone that downloads Podbean, you can actually subscribe to the blog as well. So exactly. you get yeah. instant updates, real time. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's really great for um that's the, we've had like loads of feedback of people being like, We're on the road, we don't have to really time to uh, yeah. read the blog, so we'd love an audio version. So there you go. Christmas present. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Like I I listen to it on my way into work, like sitting on the yeah. bus or something like that, on the Lewis. I listen to the uh the Forest blogs, it keeps up to date because it is, it's hard to keep Get that time yeah, to sit down and keep reading that yeah, whole time. Life is just so busy, especially in December. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then so this is our last episode, but we will be back in January. Um, with live, a bang. With a bang, we'll be live from the Salon Owners Summit uh, 2017. We don't have an exact time that we'll release it, but uh, we'll keep you updated through social media. So that's that's the big update for next year, I suppose. Excited. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> so finally, we're going to wrap up the show with our special guest, CEO of Forest Salon Software, Ronan Percival. First time on the show. First time on the show. So this is our chance to grill up, essentially. <laughs> so Ronan, how are you, lads? Uh, yeah. how you getting on? Uh, delighted you could be here. Um, yeah. Let's kick it off with, I suppose, 2016. How, how do you yeah. see 2016? Um... Well, I mean, so much about the year has probably been said and done already by everyone. I, I think the something that I, just one thing that I've noticed uh, this year, probably more so than other years, is that um, I think, like traditionally and still now, most people find a salon through a referral. Mm -hmm. Like you get your good clients through people that know your existing clients. I mean, that's always been how you get good clients, not through things like 
Where the Groupon or yeah, exactly. Like the Groupon, the marketplaces, those kind of clients tend to be discount driven and they don't stick around, don't come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's always been through word of mouth and, and that's as true today as it's ever been. But I think the difference now is that a lot of that word of mouth is happening online and it's happening through Facebook or whatever. So people are on a device sometimes when they get that recommendation, like their friend WhatsApps and some are good or whatever it is, right? And when they get that recommendation now, they often put that into Google and just have a look. Mm. It's the first thing yeah, you do. And, just see, and they see the reviews or whatever. And I think, or they look up Facebook, if they're in Facebook's ecosystem somehow, you know, through WhatsApp or whatever it is, they, they'll look it up their Facebook page. And I think how a salon appears on that page is, is becoming more and more important. And I think it's something that most salons still aren't really addressing. Um, and I would say going into next year, it's going to become critical. And I think basically, what's your, what do you look like online? Do you know how many mm-hmm. reviews you have? What In all the t- places, Google, Facebook, wherever, how many reviews you have? Are they good? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because the, the main difference really between two salons could be you get a recommendation, you go on online and then see maybe five reviews, but go to another one down yeah. the road and have 2,000 reviews, yeah. most likely, even if you had that referral, mouth, yeah. uh, word of mouth referral, you're probably going to go to the one who has 200 reviews. Yeah, you're, you're certainly going to question it, and if it, sometimes you're, you might get two recommendations from two friends. This mm. is yeah. like really common, you know, Mary tells me this, Jane told me this, you look them both up and one just has like 50 reviews, five star. You're just going to go yeah. with that one first. Give it that all, one a go, you know? It all comes back to that social authority is one of the principles yeah. of the six um, ways of influence. It's mm. social authority. So the more people that tell you about A, you're going to follow them. It's essentially following the crowd. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, Google online. Works, yeah. You're going to check out the reviews. No matter how great someone has boasted about one salon, if the reviews are better on another, you're more inclined to go to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have anything else that stood out this year to you? Um, not nothing, not like that. You know, like we're in the tech area of yeah. salons and stuff like that. Nothing really like that. I suppose the other thing that that I was kind of that's got me thinking recently, and I think I'm going to do a blog post on this. But um, so I'll say it now and see if there's any <laughs> response to it. Like, but it basically, it. yeah, exactly, it's worth going with it. But basically, um, you know, we work with nearly three thousand salons now, but like a lot of the clients have been with us over 10 years. We, we've seen uh, and we know, you know, a lot of those, you know, people who run those salons and own those salons know them really well. I count a lot of them as my friend. So um, I've seen something happen over that, you know, the last 12 years. I've probably seen stuff uh, happen around growing a salon business beyond your first location into another location. And mm-hmm. It's something that every successful salon faces that option at some point you know how do they go they run sounds really well yeah it can't really grow they don't think it can grow much further but you know everybody wants to grow their business and and how do they go next and so they think about that second location right and i think that's uh i think it's something that is really i think a lot of people have made mistakes or we've seen them do what i'm just going to say now and regret it and so i just want to talk about that so basically they've they open the second location or even a third location, right? And and then they start trying to manage the three places. And the thing about a salon, which is different to say a clothes shop or whatever, is that it is all about the personalities of the people there. And often it's the owner's personality that is the whole vibe of the place. And if you take that owner out of the salon every day, um, it's not that it can't succeed, but it's, it's actually quite rare that the salon succeeds without that. 
That's your that's yeah. purple cow, isn't it? Yeah. If the salon owner is the reason your clients are going to the salon, yeah. the minute you're gone, that salon has just lost all credibility. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's exactly what it is, yeah. yeah. Um, what's his name? Who's the guy who does purple Seth Godin. Seth Godin. Seth Godin. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Seth Godin. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. But uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, so the, like, basically, I think... Um, it's a, look, it's not that it never works because obviously we have clients that have four or five locations and they run them really well. But I think it's an exception that proves the rule. Mm. Like the people that do run it really well, they've managed to figure out how to hire the right people and they're amazing at hiring and, and getting hiring a really good manager and having mm. all those structures in place before they do it mm. or, or they did it, faced the problem that it wasn't working and they've done that. But a lot of salon owners don't have that experience, and like I, I, I know like I wouldn't have had the experience building a company before I did it either. And you make a lot of mistakes. And what happens is, though, because the salon industry is so personality driven, you're being stretched from pillar to post. You're like you're two days over here, two days over there, and yeah, you, yeah. You, the, the the standard almost drops the minute you walk out the door, and all this kind of stuff. Do you know? And like, what happens is, like, we've seen really successful. Salons like fantastically successful salons and making a lot of money and doing really well and great places to be and customers love them and then they open a second or third location and and all the locations then go downhill and then the next thing you have is you know they go out of business altogether and like it's such yeah. a shame because the original salon was fantastic um, or we've also seen and I've seen this this in the last couple of years quite a few times where the salon owner luckily has has, has realised this before it's too late. And it's kind of got rid of or sold off the other two locations and gone back to one location. And then a year or two later, that one location is, is doing fantastically again. Mm. And I think it's just, I think salon owners need to think, you know, I think you, it's not always the only way to grow it. I mean, like some of the most successful salon businesses in Ireland are one location, but they've just taken that to the max. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there is locations or salons and often it's up market. You can keep driving a salon more and more up market. So it gets more and more expensive. So rather than just trying to serve more people, you, you're only going to serve, say, whatever it is, 200 people a week yeah. in a big salon, 200 people a week, but you're going to just move up market with that and, you know, maximize the profit you make. So maybe it's three or 400 quid a, a pop, Yeah. you know, so, and yeah. So obviously it's a, it's a tough time for a salon owner to decide whether yeah. they expand or not. Do they just, I suppose, get more staff into one, one building, one lot, or do they build yeah. another one? Um, I suppose... Having grown the company yeah. in a matter of years to what nearly two hundred staff yourself, yeah. have you got any like advice or anything like that that you'd give a salon owner when they've come to that stage of where they've had to think about it? Do they move on? Or yeah, I yeah I do I do I, I just think I, like you know everyone's different. You need to go. Do you have the structures in place in your salon where you can actually not be in that salon three or four days a week? Before you open your second location, and I think so that's, will that's your a clients, yeah. will your clients still keep going? To <laughs> yeah, you yeah. If like, you're not there, exactly. You you basically need to prove that out first. Yeah. Like if you're have a location and you're only in there one day a week, and then you open a second location, where you're going to spend all your time building it up. If that first location is still doing well, obviously that will work. Yeah. But that's very rarely what happens. They're working usually in the first location, and when the second location opens, they move on. To move the over there, or they start just commuting in between. Or often they'll go to the second one, work flat out in the second one, building it up, and the first one starts to go downhill again. So they have to come back. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just it's but very much reactive instead of like you know. Then there's also that. It, you know? Yeah, there's also yeah. that thing of okay, I'm doing one week in this salon, but I'm gonna do a load of days. All right, so you've made the decision. I'm gonna build, or I'm gonna create the second, uh, the second salon. 
then there's kind of you're spreading yourself in you're wearing yourself out aren't exactly you? yeah, by yeah. trying to do the best boat in two salons it's very demotivating yeah <laughs> so i don't i just think I, I i i just think people should really like if you have you know it's not not to do it but just go in with your eyes wide open yeah and you can build like probably the most profitable salon business in ireland nearly is a single site like you know what i mean in dublin and i know in london as well we have a lot of clients that like some of the most prestigious salons that make the most money are one location and what they've done is they've just built that location to the max yeah if the spirit's still there they've got like maybe an academy a product range whatever it is but they've it's all built about that one location do you know what i mean so now not everyone can do that i mean like if you're down in the country um in a town in like sussex or wherever you are you mightn't be able to go up market up market up market up market obviously if you're in a city like dublin or london you can yeah but so that mightn't be open to you, but you can still, there's still other ways, you know, there's still other ways to maximize what you have um, where where it might suit your personality more. Do you know what I mean? To do it and, and do well. That's, yeah. So, so the main thing I suppose here is don't jump straight into it. Don't, because you've had a successful year yeah. or a successful two years, don't straight away go, oh, we need a second chain. Yeah. Yeah. Sit back, think about it. Yeah, and even yeah. take a backseat out of that salon yourself. See if your clients are still going to come. And like, just kind of even ask your staff and stuff like yeah. that because when you go operate multiple chance uh, branches, then you have to start putting more procedures into place. Yeah, Things yeah. have to start becoming uniform. Yeah. And if you're running, uh, I suppose, an open yeah. vibe salon that we've already discussed about, yeah, 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 is that uh, plausible through every salon? And is it what you want to do as well? Because exactly. a lot of times, is this actually like what? What you got to think? What is it you want? You know, I think, uh, yeah. Um, uh, like salon sal owners probably know if they they go off and think about it themselves. Like, mm-hmm. why do they start this? Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. there's a lot of pressure from like I've heard it from accountants and everyone who don't know understand the salon industry. But they're like, right, you got they look at it like a shop and right. They just see the second shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's not um, it's not it's not like that. A salon is different to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, your so, client yeah. base. Yeah. You're spending fifteen minutes to two hours dealing with a client. That is your client. You've got to make sure like that yeah. that client is coming back to you for a reason. Yeah. And identify the reasons. Get talking to your clients. Why yeah. do they come back to you time and time again? Absolutely. I agree with that, Killian. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So moving on then, mm. we've kind of identified some things for you in 2016. Yeah. What do you see happening in 2017 other than the Salon Summit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think one thing is we're definitely going to do something around that online reputation thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been talking about it all year and we've got some stuff going on there. We've done some surveys. So people listening to this who, who, who have Forest have probably received questionnaires around, you know, different areas to go down. Um, so we will do something around that. I think we need to do that for people, make it easy. Because it's, it's like a lot of things in marketing for salons, as you guys know, it, it People can be afraid of what they don't understand. Yeah. With tech, everything's so technical now. Um, getting started on something, even if it's simple, seems yeah. seems, seems like, like something you can yeah. kick down the can, kick the can down the road. And your clients so, are yeah. already going online. They're already doing this, creating yeah. reviews. Now it's just a way of trying to get those reviews to funnel right back to you. Exactly. As opposed yeah, to having yeah. ten different links uh, to different sites. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think we like we've obviously you've done stuff around social media. You guys know that, and uh, you've done. Your, great ebooks around that stuff and we've got the online booking too because that's the other thing i get the reference you know the referral on whatsapp yeah i check it on facebook i can book now on facebook and i can book into forest mm-hmm. through forest straight into the salon so it's it's that missing piece 
you know, just to tie it all together to make sure that all those re referrals as well are booked in. Because it's not just yeah. that they've got good reviews, but then I have to, it's a Sunday night, how do I book it in? Yeah. Like absolutely. tomorrow I might have forgotten about it again and then another friend texts me with a different refer referral and, and, and it's it. Monday at 10 o'clock so I can actually book then now. So just take that latest one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like So it's it, all these things, you know, we're hoping to do for a salon to make, just make sure we get as many of those clients into you as possible putting yeah. you at the forefront yeah. of the client's mind we mentioned exactly, several yeah. times but that is essentially it in a nutshell so that pretty much rounds up our our year of um, forest fm or short year yeah. of forest a fm a short year we've done eight <laughs> episodes but we're finally wrapping yeah. up 2016 already yeah. well, and um so yeah we'll be back in 2017 uh, live from the summit once again and uh, that should be a great episode we're going to be on the couch, we're going to be having a couple of glasses of champagne rolling, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah just for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's going to be a great day. Your and it's great. But yeah, so the next time you hear from us, we'll be at the Salon Summit. Yeah. Listen, we've had a great 2016 and we look forward to a, an even better 2017. And of course, we hope you guys are going to have a great 2017. So from all of us here at Forest, thanks for listening and have a Merry great Christmas yeah, and Happy Merry New Year. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's.